guess is that we can agree that the Steelers' offensive line will be the principal weakness on that side of the football, right? Right? We're on the same page there? Okay. Why? Why? Let's have some fun with that today. Good morning. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way every weekday morning, bright and early, if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates. Same place you found this podcast. We're still 18 days away from the draft. And it couldn't be clearer, at least from this perspective, that the Steelers are going to have to take a running back. If it isn't in the first round, it's got to be in the first two. I really feel like more than any other recent year, they've backed themselves into that corner. I know it's no fun trying to picture what a position looks like when you don't yet have a player at it. But if you presume that the Steelers will have either Najee Harris or Travis Etienne available to them at 24th overall, and you further presume that they're going to take one, then you can safely state that running back's going to be okay. And then you could say the same thing about, you know, quarterback. And you can say the same thing about the four wide receivers that they've got. You can say the same thing about Eric Ebron being back. He has his flaws and everything else, but he's still going to make his share of catches and score his share of touchdowns. He tends to be pretty good at both of those things. And then, you know, what are you left with? Offensive line. And this is where it gets kind of, you know, murky, um, unsettled, probably might be a a, a better way to put it since I I don't know that it's murky in the sense of who's going to be playing which position. But if you go across the group, if you go left to right from Ben's viewpoint. And let's start with Zach Banner. Let's do that on the left side. Zach Banner was the Steelers' best offensive lineman in training camp last summer at Heinz Field. Not the best offensive tackle, not just better than Chuksakorafor, narrowly by beating him out at right tackle. He was the best overall offensive lineman. And I'm going to throw into that that he lined up almost invariably on the main drills, the big drills, the ones that had all eyeballs on them, against T.J. Watt. And T.J. Watt was in no mood for it. The two of them went at it fiercely, scrapping more than once. So my inclination with Banner, on one hand, is to worry about switching from right to left, and on the other hand, to not worry about it all that much. And if it is a problem going from right to left, then maybe it's a move that Chooks can make. But I'm also looking at last year's offensive line, and Alejandro Villanueva was over there, and he wasn't he wasn't any good. I, I, I don't take any joy in saying that. In addition to the immense respect that I have for everything he's achieved in his life and done for our country, I also felt like he had become a pretty good left tackle in the NFL, and that really took a big backward step in the 2020 season. 
Banner will be better at left tackle than Villanueva was. Next, you've got left guard, and you've got Kevin Dotson. And Dotson is going to be my poster child here. Because you might recall, whenever the Steelers had uh, issues, injuries, Matt Filer got hurt, missed a handful of games. And it was Kevin Dotson who came in and immediately looked better than everybody else on the line. Remember this? Especially, especially in the area of run blocking. But he didn't exactly hurt anybody with pass blocking either. And it was that, more than anything, more than any other performance that I watched across that line where I said to myself, wow, does this group just need to get younger and more energetic and hungrier and all those other cliches that come with choosing youth over experience in professional sports. Never an easy decision to make. You know, especially not with the veteran quarterback and really heading into this coming season, a veteran quarterback who did, for all the offensive line's flaws, stay clean in 2020. He Ben didn't take a lot of sacks. Ben didn't get hit much. Now, Ben released the ball in 2.7 seconds, faster than any other quarterback in the NFL on average. But they at least did that much. Dotson comes in. No choice. You had no choice but to put Dotson out there. And he did the job, and he did it so well that when Filer came back, I'm pretty sure I wasn't alone in wishing they'd have just left Dotson out there. So this is is now the two guys on the left side of the line here, and I think we're doing okay. Center is a different world. Center is, it's it's going from Marquise Pouncey to B.J. Finney. Now, there is precedent for that. B.J. has filled in for Marquise over the years, and he's done okay. He's done pretty well. I don't know that you're going to expect him to be prime-time Marquise, but remember, that's not the bar here. The idea isn't uh, to envision that this offensive line will suddenly be spectacular that all these guys are going to be all pros and getting, you know, postseason honors and everything else. Instead, it's just to envision that it would be an upgrade over what we saw last year. I I think that's a fair bar for this group. I I really do, given the circumstances, given one of them, uh, Banner, coming back from a season-ending injury, given, uh, you know, BJ, if he is the full-time center, being that for the first time in his career, There are some different circumstances. Just be better than the guys were last year. If BJ isn't that center, let's say the Steelers draft one, let's say that they still, you know, in the background, keep looking for one through free agency or through a trade. It is possible. Those guys, not many, but those guys are still out there. If you're assuming that it's BJ... He's a known commodity. You know you can trust him. You know that uh, he's got the... uh, See, there's trust in terms of playing ability, and then there's trust in terms of the player's commitment to you. Mike Tomlin loves B.J. Finney. I don't say that about everybody. I don't say that Mike Tomlin loves all 53 guys on his roster. He doesn't. No coach does. 
But I know for a fact that Tomlin feels very, very strongly about Finney, and all you needed to see was how quickly they snapped up Finney once the Bengals made him available. On the right side, you've got, of course, David DeCastro, who still does compile his postseason awards, even when they aren't necessarily deserved. They certainly wouldn't have been after 2020. I didn't like any aspect of his game other than his contributions to keeping Ben clean. I thought he looked meek and slow-ish and unmotivated in the areas in the area of run blocking. I, I just I didn't like his game. No joy in expressing that either. Really, really like the guy. But sometimes you just you're just done. I mean you meaning evening mentally, like you've just said, you know what? <laughs> I'm sorry, I've had enough. So I, I've got concerns about the one position that maybe nobody else has concerns about, you know? And right tackle is Chooks, and all Chooks has done is to be simple, sound, and stable. You've known what you were going to get from him. You've yet to have a game where you say, wow, Chooks is really getting scorched over there. And if you remember what that was like back you know, in the, in the right tackle days of, let's say, oh, Mike Adams, just to pick on somebody, the pre-Marcus Gilbert days. It's been a long time since the Steelers have had a right tackle struggle. So maybe we think the position's a little easier than it is. You know what I'm saying? Chooks can play. He's young. He's hungry, really hungry. Uh, kind of a quiet dude, but once you talk to him, you realize that that competitive spirit is there. And remember that Banner didn't beat out Chooks because Chooks was bad. Chooks wanted that job desperately. And Chooks didn't get it, obviously, until Banner was hurt. So I, I think there's something to be said for this group across the board. Uh, you know, is it great in depth? I mean, they've added a couple of bodies there. They've got J.C. Hassenauer as a backup center. And they're still going to have to take somebody in the draft. And let's remind that offensive tackle is the number one position of class and depth in this particular group, if they end up with an outside tackle, if they end up with a center, uh, this conversation can change. But guess what? It'll only change for the better. You know, I just, I don't look at this group and think, wow, this is it. There's no way they're going to be any good with these guys. Not after watching what I watched last season. I firmly believe that it's going to be an upgrade. It's just a matter of what extent. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question, and that's brought to you on this program always by personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. That's LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been designated as super lawyers for over 15 years. Capital S, capital L in super lawyers. That designation is reserved for the top 5% 
of attorneys in Pennsylvania. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. You can learn more online at lgkg.com. Cott has today's just one question. He asks, Dan, the Steelers were obliterated by the Browns in the playoffs, and they got worse in the offseason. Where's your optimism coming from? Well, Cott, the first thing I'd ask back here is I'm not sure what exactly you're referring to as far as my optimism goes. I don't think they're going to be a catastrophe, but I don't think I'm exactly going out on a limb there. I haven't made any kind of a record prediction. I'd never do that in April, certainly not before a draft. And I haven't really even measured their offseason against the offseason of other teams in the AFC North, which is usually how I try to align the stars before a season starts, is primarily what's happening with Baltimore, Cleveland, and Cincinnati. So I haven't even done that. I look at this roster right now, and I have real concerns. And I'm with you that they've gotten worse since the end of the season. I don't think anybody can dispute that watching Bud Dupree leave, watching Mike Hilton leave, getting rid of Steven Nelson, getting rid of Vince Williams, I don't think you can look at this and say, Oh, that's okay. That's just fine. Uh, I'm not doing that. So I, I, the idea that I'm experiencing optimism here or expressing it, I, I don't. I don't feel that, and I'm the same guy that you're referring to. So uh, I can tell you that that's just not the case. I don't think you're going to see them go 11 and 0. But then I don't think they should have gone 11 and 0 last season. I mean, they ran into some. Strange situations, and of course, one of the weakest schedules in the NFL. This fall, they will have, by every metric, the hardest schedule in the NFL. We're talking about a whole different world here. You know, the offense, I think, actually, with the kind of running back that I'm hoping the Steelers can secure in the draft... I think the offense has a chance to be fun, has a chance to be dynamic, and has to be uh, and, and can be far more effective on the ground and throwing the ball downfield. I, I think once Ben eventually realized that that was necessary and he was going to have to bite the bullet and maybe hang on to the ball a couple seconds longer, that that became more of a thing at the end of the season. The defense has me worried. Because if you don't see a pass rush that's similar, uh, even similar is asking too much, that approaches what TJ and Bud were giving you, Cam and Steph and all Vinny too, you know, were getting in there on the quarterback. Mike Hilton was getting in on the quarterback. Um, if you don't see that, then you're going to see other aspects of the defense exposed that weren't exposed last season. You're going to see wild card elements to the defense, like, for example, Minka Fitzpatrick, forced instead to get anchored into more routine roles. Does that make sense? You know, if your coverage is island coverage, your corners are just nothing, nothing but man, 
from front to finish, that frees up Minka to do a whole lot. It frees up Terrell Edmonds to hang out near the line of scrimmage and help with your run stopping. There's just a lot of pluses that come from pass rush. Everything in the Keith Butler defense, and he talks about this openly all the time, everything begins with the pass rush. That's why he blitzes the way he does. And if he can't do that, if Alex Highsmith is just an ordinary player, if he's just a guy, on one hand, you'll understand it, but on the other hand, it's going to hurt. So uh, this idea that I'm, you know, sitting here predicting greatness or whatever, no, but I also don't think that they're catastrophic. And by the way, as long as I have your attention, this thing about getting obliterated by the Browns, man, I hope people let that go. Ball was snapped over Ben's head, you know, and then he threw three other picks when he'd lost his mind and everything was completely out of whack after that ball getting snapped over his head. Steelers can beat the Browns. Steelers can beat the Browns in 2020. They can beat them in 2021. I, I, that, that, the playoff part was where you kind of lost me there. The rest of it I felt was legit. Thanks for the question. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll have another daily shot of Steelers tomorrow. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.